Hello and welcome to The Two Tones. Tony DeBolfo, Tony Mope. It's episode... Vinny Waits boy. That's all we'll say on that. Episode 30. Tone, where does today's episode of The Two Tones find us? It finds us, Tony, in the palatial surrounds of the Carlton Media Centre. What a privilege it is, Tony, to be um, talking to our our vast army of listeners from the Media Centre this afternoon. This is, in fact, the first uh, Media Centre engagement uh, across the board here at Carlton. Um, it's a magnificent setup, isn't it, Tone? It's just great. We're here at Icon Park. There's uh, there's desks uh, on which you can film TV shows. Obviously, there are huge. Uh, what would you call them? Murals on the wall, if you like. Yes. This is what I love. The decision that's gone into this, there is a picture. You can see Big Nick on the wall, obviously. That's to be expected. But the club have, have said, okay, they're reminding the what they're about, and that is a huge kind of mural of the cheer squad. It's, I think it's fantastic. Yes, the murals are right, Tony. It's perhaps the Sistine Chapel of yes. North Carlton. Well it's, it's, a, it's magnificent, isn't it? And might I acknowledge uh, the contributions to this magnificent media centre of of Mr Zach Freed, member of the Carlton board, who, yep. who I know contributed much to the uh, the magnificent surrounds in which we uh, speak to you today. So thank you, Zach, on behalf of everyone connected uh, with the Carlton Football Club. And hopefully the, the four walls of this room will play host to some of the more monumental uh, media um, episodes, um, not only the two tones, but of everything else that um, permeates through the place in the weeks, months and years to come. Fingers crossed, as I said, we'll be watched over the whole time by Big Nick um, posing on the wall, giving the... What's he doing? He's pushing away an imaginary opponent. It's I the don't argue. Be, yeah, it is the, I would not want to be on the end of that. No. Not even now. Not no. as he uh, enters his, what, his uh, 80 next year, is that right? Well, he's coming up for that with the Colossus, but um, it, is, um, it is an imposing image of Big Nick football tucked under the right chest. Um, saying, get out of my way. Yes. It's magnificent to see. And he's now, still a bit like that, Nick, too. Well, he's a club great. And speaking of a club great, we will announce today the Two Tones Inaugural Player of the Year. I'm very excited about that. Yes, the Tony Award, uh, as we <laughs> like to refer to it, Tone. Um, it, it's it's going to a worthy recipient, I'm sure, and very much looking forward to that. This is uh, the only award, I think, in sport where, for the Tony, you must... Um, rack up a swag of possessions and write a successful off-Broadway musical. <laughs> and uh, I think our In that order. Yes, exactly. Has done just that. <laughs> um, Tone, we did not end the season on the full stop that we might have anticipated or desired. Very true, Tone. And you might uh, recall that it was exactly how we began the year with that practice match here in February. Oh. Which yes. we were stitched up by them yeah, in front of our own, on our own dunghill, 18,000 people here, and unfortunately um, we were taken to the cleaners. On a magnificent sunny day, which was, the for many of us, the first time we clapped eyes on the great Jakob Vietering. And didn't we enjoy that, oh, Tony, yeah. too? So, yes, it, it in many ways ended as it began, and, and I think it, it, it rather ironically ended with Levi putting one mm. out on the uh, John Ball, I think, the last kick of the season, so... It didn't go to script, it's fair to say, Tony. Um, but, you know, the the weekend wasn't completely lost with um, Essendon claiming the timber receptacle, yes. which was lovely. And uh, I, I might say, just for, the, for those who are interested in history, um, 16 premierships each and until the weekend, four wooden spoons each. So 
they are on five, we're on four, and we're quite happy about that too. Well, it's a lot like 99. Who cares if we lose the grand final so long as Essendon suffer? So we'll take that as a win. Um, if you're recording anything about season 2016, that is the momentous victory you need to remember. <laughs> first in 83 years, I might say, since Dick Reynolds' first year as a player. But so there look, you go. They did walk away. They were the better team on the day, you've got to say. They were. They seemed to be playing for a lot more. We just seemed, uh, I don't know, either spent or terribly out of sorts. You know, I was thinking about this, Tony, earlier. When you look at uh, the last three weeks and you see that Carlton have knocked over a team in Melbourne that were gunning for a top uh, eight position. Yeah, and had everything at, to play yes, for you, right? Yep. And yet have dropped games either side to two teams contesting the wooden spoon. Yeah. I don't know what that actually tells you, whether it's a, a mental uh, thing or, or what it is, but whatever it was, we just weren't there, were we? And mm. uh, I thought we started off okay. The first quarter was all right, but it just seemed to fall away after that. And um, we were just, um, you know, decision-making was poor. Um, we seemed to be, um, you know, under the pump every time we had position yes. the ball. The forwards couldn't really get any clean goes at it. And um, all in all, it was just a, yeah, we, we, we lowered our colours to a team that was yeah. better on the day. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, um, disposal was uh, not great. Decision-making wasn't great. And uh, can I say, sitting in the stands with uh, my seven-year-old, uh, do you know the hardest part of it? It was that uh, Seven Nation Army grab uh, from the White Stripes every time Essendon scored oh, a goal. Oh, yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. that yeah, too I many know, times. I know. It is a great song, I grant I you that. I but know. the uh, the showbiz elements that uh, Essendon chose to impose on the crowd, not welcome, I've got to say. And uh, and the other thing too, Essendon supporters were there in numbers. Well, they were. It was an Essendon home game, admittedly. Yeah. But I agree with you on that that uh, point you make in respect of the, the music between goals. And in fact, I would put a blanket ban oh, on music please, completely. Yes. Yeah. You're allowed to go to the football and think yeah. and talk and hold a conversation with a bloke next to you and not have to put up with that nonsense, Tony. Yeah, I mean, the, the period after an Essendon goal is a time for quiet reflection and lots of swearing. Absolutely. And might I say, we had uh, one more scoring shot than Essendon too. 10-19 probably Ooh, says it all, doesn't it? To 15-13. Yeah. So... Enough said of that one. It was it was awful. Look, Tone, it was an unedifying spectacle. We know that. But there were positives, as there always is. Yes, there were indeed, Tony. Well, Patrick Cripps, the clearance king, you oh. know, how he hasn't got a nod for uh, all-Australian squad selection is beyond me. Uh, whose dog did he run over, I think, well, is the you've question you've got to ask. Well, you've got to ask, don't you? You've got to ask. Ten clearances on Saturday took him to 185 for the year. The most by any player in a home and away season since Brett Ratton in 1999. <sighs> so that that elevates Patrick Cripps to the stratosphere, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can see how that wouldn't give you all Australian uh, <laughs> a nod. It's hard regard. to fathom, isn't it? The other positive that came out of the game, of course, Tony, was the, the showing um, of David Cunningham. Now, David Cunningham was a player we hadn't seen a lot of this year mm. uh, in the weeks and months since he's, um, he's drafting to the club. But I think what we saw in those last two games was a player of real, real finesse, a, a, a quick player. He's got yeah. good leg speed, which is what we need. He's a, he's a nice mover. He's a good decision maker and he's not bad in the air. I can still see that mark he took on the far mm. flank um, two weeks ago, um, which belied his height. You know, he's, he, yeah. he looks like he's a, a pretty good mark overhead for his size. And I think when we reflect on uh, 2016, you know, while the defensive six have been a terrific tight unit, 
another great success story have, have been the, uh, the draftees, the national draftees that we've had a look at. Yeah. We still haven't seen Harry Mackay, we've seen, but we've seen a little bit of Charlie Kerno. We've seen Cunningham now. We've seen Jack Silvani, and we've seen Jakob Vietrin, <laughs> um strutting his stuff out there. And and good luck to your son. I hope you uh, can bag the NAB um, uh, Rising Star Award for, for this year because we haven't had any joy with that award, Tone, no. since its inception. It's, no, uh, just it's criminal. Camperelli about oh, Camperelli and, yeah. and Mark Murphy and yeah. Cripps last year. Um, it's uh, cruel. However, they are causes for optimism, and they, those players I spoke to, I spoke about a moment ago, are the green shoots that, that Brendan Bolton alluded to when this season started in the first place. Indeed. I've got to say, that has been a bumper crop because they have been exciting kids to watch. And 2017, you hope, holds a lot in store for them and, you know, further developments in their story. And the buzz on Mackay is, reminds me of the buzz that was on Crips two years ago. Yes, yes. I thought you were going to say it reminded you of the buzz of the buzz oh, many years ago. That, that there was an excitement yes. machine. Oh, God, help us. Yeah. <laughs> what a player. No, very true, Tony. Good observation you make. All right, Tony, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Um, something of a difficult duty, but you're the man to do it. Can you give us your three two ones for the last game of season 2016? It wasn't easy, Tony, let me tell you. However, I dug deep and I've come up with uh, one vote of Matty Wright. Contributed three, I think, to the scoreline at the weekend. Had yep. a pretty good year for Carlton, yes, Matthew Wright. Yes, a big was. fan of his. Yep. A smart player. Yeah. You know, plays the percentages. I like him a lot. Two to Sam Doherty. What a year. Yeah. Sam has had. Yep. And three, uh, to the evergreen, Cade Simpson. Oh. Uh, now, there's another man who um, you take your hat off to him. You know, a, a fellow All-Australian uh, squad member like Sam Doherty. Yeah. All power to Cade. The Rocker um, Gibraltar in the back line. Had an outstanding year. And, yeah. and when And when we look back on 2016, you'd have to say that back six was a success story of, of the season. As far as I was concerned, anyway. I, I would declare them living national treasures. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> it was very good. All right, so with the uh, drum roll anticipated, we are going um, uh, in the three, two, one reverse order. For, now, this uh, is for the two tones player of the year. This is, I, I'm going to argue, second only to the Brownlow or the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, and I refer to it as the Tony Award, Tony, <laughs> yes. so beware of imitations. Um, third, uh, on 18 votes, yep. is the man we've just mentioned, uh, the vice-captain of the Carlton Football Club, uh, stood in for Murph for the greater part of the season as skipper, Cade Simpson. What a, what a year he had. What a magnificent year. Second, on 19 votes, the clearance king, Patrick Cripps. Oh. Don't know how he didn't make the All Australian squad, but that's another story. Oh, we could fill, you know, twenty podcasts. We could. With how gypped this club has been when it comes to that per, that particular selection table. Very true. And the winner of the Two Tones Player of the Year award, Tony, with twenty points, young defender Sam Doherty. Oh, how about that? Outstanding. <laughs> and, and the wonders of, of electronic media is such that we have the great man in the room today with us, Sam. Well done on winning the Two Times Player of the Year Award. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me in here. It's, um, it's a real honour to win the, the award. It's the, the inaugural. The inaugural, the yes, inaugural it is. award. Yeah. Um, yeah, very wrapped to uh, come away with the win. Now, we're not going to, um, for those of you listening at home or on the train or wherever you are, it does come with an actual award, does it not, Sam Doherty? It does. It's, I've just been presented with my, um, with my own little trophy. It's a very nice glass number. 
with a bit of blue through it. You so, like that, uh, the I blue? Do, I like it. it. It represents you guys perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's now, good. Sam, it's been an outstanding season on a personal level and it, and it has been a, a successful year for the Carlton Football Club in the reset, the famous reset under Brendan Bolton. But it's this is about you at the moment and I want to take you right back to your childhood days. You grew up supporting Carlton and really... When we see you go about your business out there, you look like a guy that, you know, plays for the Guernsey. Does the Guernsey mean that much to you? Because it certainly seems that way in the way you play. Um, Obviously, I did did go for Carlton as a kid and I I probably didn't get a choice over it. Dad sort of threw that down my throat as soon as I was born. That's good parenting. Like like most Carlton faithful. Um, But I I don't think it... it, The the club means does mean a hell of a lot to me, but I don't think it particularly changes the way that I play my footy. Um, I think that's just the way that I've probably been brought up is to, if you can't, if you can't kick and you can't handball, you can at least try as hard as you can. And um, that's something that my dad's probably um, passed down to me along the way. And um, it's the way that I probably go about my footy is to, to never say die and to play through to the final siren. And your dad's no longer with us, of course, but it's magnificent to hear you talk about the influence that he's had on you. Um, in many respects, he's still around the place. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, I, I owe a lot to my parents. At, from Phillip Island, it's not an easy job to to get your kids to the footy. It's it's two hours to to anywhere. Um, Gippsland Power has had to drive me there twice a week at Morwell, which is two hours away from Phillip Island. So it's um, it's tough work out, out in the country, and um, I, I do owe a lot to to my family for um, for bringing me up and for basically doing anything they can to get me where I am today. Um, backing up week after week, I mean, you you know, your rate of effort, like Simo, was unstinting week in, week out. What's What's been your motivation this year? I know you mentioned your attitude, but your motivation, where's that coming from, week in, week out? Uh, well, it's, it's just about trying to be the best player I can be. And um, when I first got into the AFL system, people always said to me, don't, don't waste a minute because mm. it'll be gone like that. And I'm, I've just finished my fifth year and I feel like I started the other day. So... Mm. I'm already getting a bit of a, a taste of how quickly footy goes and um, basically as you get brought up you just want to be the best player you can be and that's part of the mantra that I've probably taken throughout the year is don't waste the game. There's, there's 22 of them in a the year and this is probably my, this is my first full season which is a, a credit to the, the medical staff and the coaching staff to get me through and um, Bolts always goes on about um, not wasting a minute mm. of, of, the, of your career and owning your career and that's probably where I take that from. Uh, <clears throat> any niggles at the end of uh, 2016? How is the body before you go for a very well-earned break? Nah, nothing this year. No surgeries, nothing, which is um, which is which is a really good start because mm. nearly every year after I finish, I've had to book in and see the surgeon to fix me up. So this is the first, probably one of the first one that I um, I'll be out ready to go and means I can play a bit of golf over the off season. Great, and maybe go to Phillip Island and risk hypothermia uh, going for a dip around January. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Time? I haven't done it. Time. It is unbelievably no. cold there, know, but it's a great place. I know my place. So, uh, season twenty seventeen. Um, how how do you feel the playing group is after what's been a season of highs and lows? Um, how do you think the group is going into uh, season twenty seventeen? Uh, we're all excited. It's um, it wasn't the end, as I spoke to Tony on the weekend. It wasn't the end that we wanted, and mm. um, but it's going to give us great drive into the preseason. And we're all about getting better as a footy club and getting back to where this club should be, and that's sustained success up the top. Mm. So we're on that path and we're on the journey, which we've spoken about all the whole year. It's just about um, the next phase of that, which will be in preseason, 
getting started and getting ready to go for this season coming ahead. The influence of Brendan Bolton, Sam, you know, as an insider, what can you um, say about Brendan Bolton's influence around the place? Probably the biggest thing that I've noticed is um, he speaks a lot about equilibrium and you probably see that in the media and I spoke about this last week in one of my interviews but he's really drilled that into our group. It's There is highs and lows in footy but you can't get too high or too low otherwise it affects the way that we go about it. So he's kept us consistent um, messaging through the week, the consistent me- meetings. We, we haven't missed the chance to learn and, and he, he probably won't miss a chance to learn. I, I, I'm guessing we're going to be doing a review this week um, when we have our meeting. But um, that's probably one of the main things that I've noticed about him is he just, he just keeps it level and um, he's trying to get that through the group that we're about maximising every opportunity and every learning opportunity that we've got to, to better ourselves as players and as a football team. And I've mentioned earlier your uh, um, inclusion in the All-Australian squad together with Cade Simpson. Congratulations, Congratulations on that. that. Thanks that's, very that's much. A, and, and your name had been tethered for a long time, so you know, you'd certainly put the runs on the board through the course of the year. What, what um, was the secret to that, that defensive uh, core, that team within the team, gelling as well as it did through 2016? I think it's the consistency of all of us playing together. We, um, there's not too many changes that happened in the whole back in the back line for the whole year. We, we had Casey, Casey Byrne was in there earlier, but if you sort of take him out, we probably had the same seven or eight blokes that have played down there with bits and pieces that have changed. But um, that's probably the main thing that I've noticed is we all just ended up with a bit of a synergy together that we played together. We knew what each other were doing. We knew where each other would stand. And as a back line, you sort of, you need to have that trust in, in, in what your teammate's going to do and you need to have that knowledge about your teammates. You talk about a team in, in within a team, you, you need to know where your other guys are going to stand and where they're going to help you out. And um, That's probably what happened in the end is we played consistent footy for probably 20 games for the year and it really helped us out. And that, that area of the, of, the, of the core looks pretty settled. What would you say Carlton needs to improve its uh, chances into 2017 and beyond in terms of positional players, personnel? Uh, well, the club's probably, I think they've come out and said that probably the depth depth in, through our midfield is probably the, the area that we need to target the most. And um, with respect to all the guys on the list, I think um, we're going to lose some quality guys and some quality players um, out of the team. But that's AFL footy. That's that's the nature of the business that we're in. It's, it's a performance-based um, industry and um, all the guys that miss out this year and... Um, it's a sad. It, I was just talking to someone on the way in. It's, it's a sad time of the year. As, as much as it's, you sort of celebrate the year and the end of the year, you're losing probably five or six of your mates that um, you've been hanging around with all year. So I find this time of the year quite tough, actually. I, I want to talk about the second most prestigious award that you've won this week, the All Australian. What does it mean to you? Um, it, it's actually it's a great achievement. It's um, very um, probably privileged to be thrown in the names that, that are up there. and um, You're there on merit, yeah, so yeah, there's no need to be humble. I'm, I'm wrapped that me, my little mate, my old fella on the back line, is in there with me as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, I was just just texting Cripper before. I'm, I think he's pretty stiff to, to miss it. Um, but it's, it's a huge honour, and um, I think the, the team gets announced tomorrow, but um, I'm not too sure whether we'll be able to get ourselves into it with, um, with our win-loss record in the end. And the fact that you've won this magnificent trophy means that anything else that might come your way is a mere trinket. But if you had to select, other than your good self, uh, this year's Club B&F, who would you be pitching for? Uh, Simo is my uh, my pick. He's, he's going to come storming home and um, he's had a terrific year. I think I was, I was having a look at his stats the other day and to, what is he, 31? And he's, he's beaten his best disposals by about three or four. Um, he's had an unbelievable year and... Um, 
I speak on behalf of the back line. We all, we all do look up to him as the um, probably the premier defender in in the one, in probably the league. And um, we we speak about just trying to impress him on a daily basis. And uh, we hope we've done that with him this year. I think I speak for all Carlton supporters when I say in 2017 we'd like to see you doing a hell of a lot less. Um, that is the ball uh, really venturing down your end of the ground, and that's certainly not an indication of your you know esteem or quality as a player. It's just we'd like it spending a lot more time up in the forward line, obviously. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, just the ball sitting up there, and we just, we just get to set up behind, and they'll just kick the ball back to us. It's um, no, nah, it's 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 a credit to the team. We, as I said before, we, we know where we're going as a footy club, and we're very determined to get um, back to where we should be. Well done, Sammy. Great to see it. Uh, congratulations on being the first recipient of the Two Tones Award. And uh, we might see you back here in 12 months. Who knows? Let's yeah. hope so, eh? Thank the you way very much, playing, guys. No doubt. Well done, Sam. A worthy winner of the inaugural award. Have a great off-season. We'll see you in 2017. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, um, now, Tone, a line of sorts has been drawn under 2016. We, uh, as you said, ended as we began. Uh, speaking of quiet reflection, the players will, no doubt, in the team meetings and everything this year, which is their last week at the club, they will review that game. They'll take away the lessons of it. Five players will not be turning up at Princess Park next year. Do you want to tell us who they are? Yes. Well, um, on top of the retirements, as we well know, have been documented of Andrew Walker and, and Michael Jamison. The big fella, Cam Wood, has mm. retired. Yep. Uh, a, a fellow that um, gave his heart and soul to Carlton and mm. was a most popular uh, figure around the place. Um, good on you, Cam. 88 uh, games? Yes. Yep. Um, he, he has uh, decided to pull the pin. Matthew Dick and Jaden Foster have both been delisted. Mm. So um, as it stands, there are five players that are moving on uh, for whatever uh, reasons. They're all different. Uh, so space for five more players at mm. this stage and, and perhaps there's more to come. We, we really don't know. Um, now, um, uh, Foster, is it? Jaden Foster. Jaden Foster, who I, who I didn't really get to know. But I've got to say that the Matthew Dick story to me was... Um, intriguing. He came down from Sydney because he couldn't get a game in, you know, what was a very good list, obviously. What do you think happened there? Well, I think what we saw was the um, uh, the, <laughs> the incredible performances of Simpson and um, and Doherty. Mm. I mean, you know, Matthew Dick would probably come down as a halfback flanker. Right. And um, really, um, he probably didn't get a, a go at it because, yeah. the, as we, we've said so often through the course of this year, the back six were remarkably settled throughout, mm. and particularly when you factor in uh, Casey Byrne when he was yes. up and running too. So maybe um, you know, if you look at Matthew Dick, maybe maybe you know was sheer weight of numbers that went against him mm. um, uh, in terms of you know position positions on the on the field. So perhaps uh, wrong place at wrong time. Maybe yeah, maybe well, that's look, what it was. We uh, they're, they're both young blokes. We wish them well in the next stage of their careers. Oh, absolutely. Matthew uh, Dick was a lovely fellow. I'm sorry to see him go, but but that's the harsh reality of. AFL football, isn't it? We, it is. We wish you every success. Though, mind you, not too much success. <laughs> we, do, we don't want the Eddie Betts syndrome played out again. <laughs> oh, Thank oh. you very how many, much. How many tellies have you kicked out this oh, year, Tony? Crikey. It's a bit hard watching, isn't it? Well, Tone, uh, this episode of the Two Tones marks uh, both our first in the new Carlton Media Centre and possibly our last for 2016, but 
don't hold either of us to that because you just never know. Well, you never know. I mean, I'm a little bit um, concerned that there are delistings happening as we speak, Tony. <laughs> right. I hope that doesn't follow through to the media centre. However, you never know. But I look forward to the opportunity to talk with you again. Uh, it's been great fun. Loved every minute of it. We've we've ridden the roller coaster tone this year, haven't we? We've oh, seen the highs been. and lows. But I think when you reflect on 2016, uh, as an historian, maybe 2016 was the year that, generally speaking, you know, the, the upward curve... Um, became pronounced and, and went the right way. So let's hope so anyway. You would really hope so. Tone, it has been a pleasure, a thrill, a delight. I too have loved every second of it. Uh, we hope there's more success in 2017. Um, just personal note, a highlight game this year. What do you reckon was the best win? Well, it was probably, I'd say... Port was port. The port yeah. game was electric, and then yeah. the follow up, you know, the Geelong game. The Geelong I mean, that game. was that was superb. Yeah. That was yeah. superb. Um, not for Mark Murphy, however, but it was a great game. Absolutely, yeah. I'll drink to that. All right. Well, look, thank you to everybody who's been on the journey with the Two Tones this year. Uh, we thank you for your support and your, uh, your continued uh, well listening, if I can say, if I can put it that way. And uh, all going well. We will catch you next year. We would also like to say a very big thank you to the support we have got from the Carlton Football Club, in particular our producer, Danielle. Who, who I might say is expecting her first child. So we That's wish awesome. you all the very best, Danielle. We well hope it done. goes well. We Great. go and, and um, all the best there. Thank you for all your support. Oh, babies are the best. Well done, Danielle. <laughs> uh, good, goodbye from us. We'll catch you next year. <laughs>